You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, it's our monthly cooperative extension episode where we're talking with Linda Mingus, who's the family and consumer science agent, David Fogarty, who's the director of the cooperative extension, and Laurel Davis, who's the intern this summer. And we're gonna be talking about herbs, growing them, cooking with them, recipes, storing them, anything and everything you wanna know about herbs. Welcome to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. We're here with our um, monthly episode with the North Carolina Cooperative Extension, the Gaston County Office of the Cooperative Extension. Uh, we've got a special treat. We've got David Fogarty in today, and David is uh, the director of the Cooperative Extension. So first time we've had him on the show. Right. Good. Great to be here, Adam. Uh, we have our monthly guest, Linda Mingus, and we're excited to um, also have Laurel Davis, and she is from NC State. Um, you're a Mount Holly resident, right? Yes, sir. That's right. And so she's a summer intern with the Cooperative Extension. Absolutely. Yeah. Laurel started with us last week, and she's going to be here through the end of July. Awesome. Um, so, Laurel, what are, you, what are you doing in your internship before we kind of get into to the, the meat of the show today? Yes, so I am actually a student at Carson Newman University in Tennessee. Oh, wow, okay. And I am studying nutrition and dietetics. So I'm here uh, learning under Linda and just learning about extension and how everything comes together to help our community. So, What got you interested in the field? Yeah, so I um, have a scholarship at Carson Newman that's really based in um, – volunteering and community service and I kind of started to realize as I went through that program that knowing about nutrition is great but where it really becomes meaningful is applying that knowledge to help people who need it so that's how I kind of became interested in extension. Well, that's terrific. I'm sure being able to learn from Linda, who is a wealth of information, as anybody that's listened to these episodes should know already, um, that'll be a great experience for you. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's great for us to have students because we as professionals also learn from them and able to see current trends and be able to stay connected and to hear what what's going on, especially with technology. So it really is a great opportunity for us to have students from many universities. Well, and plus it gives you fresh victim, I mean, volunteers for the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we're talking today about uh, growing and cooking smart with herbs. Um, and Linda, I wanted to kind of start with you. Is this something that is uh, kind of an ongoing program that you guys have at, at the extension or kind of what's the impetus behind this? Well, this really came about because of the topic of cooking and eating smart. And as we talk about reducing fat and sodium sugar in our meals, then a great way to flavor is with herbs and fresh herbs. Mm. And so talking with folks and even folks who are growing, many times I started hearing the fact that people will grow a variety of herbs, but guess what? They don't know what to do with them. Oh. So we started, you know, discussing that, working with volunteers and over the years put together some courses and it just really grew. There's been a lot of interest in cooking with herbs and every time we do this is a, a workshop and typically we offer it in the spring and the summer okay. because of the growing season and I always get gardening and growing questions in the segment. Oh, I'm so sure. we really started working with our extension master gardeners and our horticulture specialists to be able to bring that gardening information and in fact today we did a webinar this morning 
on this topic. So it continues to grow and evolve and it ties in very nicely with many of the resources we do, especially, for example, our Mediterranean-based program, oh, Med Instead of Meds. Yep. So it's a great platform for us to launch and to share other cooking and nutrition resources we do with Extension. So, so David, I was told that you're the one to go to if I've got questions about growing the herbs. So if, if you're somebody, if you're a family that's got some space to be able to grow some herbs, when should you get started? What do you what do you need if you have absolutely no clue what you're doing? Right. Well, Julie Flowers, our horticulture agent, is actually the one to go to or one of our master gardeners. Mm-hmm. But when uh, Julie couldn't make it today, I said, sure, I'll do this. I, I do some gardening at home. And okay. I've got quite a few uh, herbs. Um, you know, you can get started in a container or you can grow it in your yard. You don't need a big space to grow herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, each individual type of herb is going to have some specific characteristics and, and needs, but in general, you need six hours of sunlight, you need a source of water, and you need to start with your soil. So if you're trying to grow with our red clay around here, the first thing you want to do is add in a lot of organic matter. Mm. Uh, whether that's peat moss or mulch or leaves, and incorporate that, that'll help the soil maintain its nutrients and also the soil moisture. Oh, okay. Yep. So I know some folks will actually go and they'll do like little boxes in their kitchen. I mean, that's that's another way of going about it, right? Sure, you can grow some things in your kitchen. Um, the the only limiting factor there is make sure you got a sunny window. You got right. that in there because sunlight's going to be critical. Okay. Um, you know, and, and seasonal, you have to take into consideration when different plants grow. So, you know, like your cilantros are going to be more of a cool season plant. They would be able to survive inside. Something like basil probably wouldn't do so well inside unless you're going to get it really good sunlight because that needs a lot of sun and it grows better in the, the heat. So we've got, we have three dogs at home, and t- the reason that we haven't done this yet is that two of them in particular are very nosy, and very much we fear that, like, anything that we would start to grow would be quickly devoured. So if, you've <laughs> if you're concerned about whether it's dogs or whether it's raccoons, squirrels, birds, whatever, how do you protect this stuff from becoming somebody's lunch before it can be used by you? Uh, yeah, I mean, cats more than dogs. Okay. So I've, I've seen get into a lot of plants. Yeah especially something like uh, chives or something like that that you might have growing inside. Mm -hmm. But uh, the biggest problem I've had is with rabbits outside. Um, And, you know, I've got some chicken wire fence around my garden to Mm. keep those out. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't mind sharing a little bit with the the wildlife. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it makes it a welcoming place, I suppose. Right, right. So uh, herbs, what are some of the best ones to start with in the kitchen? I mean, if you're, if you're looking to grow some that you're going to be able to put to use in a wide variety of dishes, um, where do you want to start? Right. Okay, so some just kind of general tips for um, exploring herbs and kind of getting a feel for the sort of herbs that you might want to try cooking with, um, just kind of in general. If you like the smell, the aroma of an herb, you'll probably like its flavor. 
So say you're in a supermarket, um, you can rub the leaf between your fingers, mm-hmm. and that kind of releases those aromatic oils, and you can get a good sense of kind of what the herb smells like, and if you like the way it smells, then it's likely you'll like the way that it tastes. Mm. Um, a good place to start is kind of finding out what's available, what grows well in your area. You can visit the supermarket or your local farmer's market and just kind of see what kind of herbs you can find, and also talking to local growers and even your extension office. They can kind of give you a good sense of where to find herbs and the kind of herbs that are pretty common where you are. So you see, I mean, you can find just about any of these, like in your local grocery market. I mean, basil, cilantro, dill, mint, oregano, parsley, rosemary, sage, tarragon, thyme. And a lot of times you see them as kind of prepackaged, they're ground up already. Um, Is there any benefit to having fresh versus kind of ground? So one of the things we talk about in our presentation, there are some herbs, especially more of the delicate varieties like basil comes to mind and cilantro, but some of those more delicate herbs really work better in cooking if you're using the fresh options, whereas more of the heartier herbs like rosemary and sage and oregano, those really work well for doing dried options too. So there's a, you know, a great reason to have some of both. And David and I were talking a little bit about just some of the things that grow locally or what grows well versus what is easy to find in the grocery store. So for example, cilantro and parsley no matter where you go in a grocery store you can typically find that and it's very inexpensive sure so having that is you know having that fresh is easy to to access but for example basil you may not always have a fresh option in your grocery store just depending on the time of season Uh, right now many of the grocery stores have cut options that are easy to get to Mm. Many of our growers at local markets have fresh herbs, and that's a great resource. But many folks may not have those options. So it could be that you want to do some exploring and choosing to grow those options that you don't easily have fresh sources of from the grocery store. So if you're growing a lot of these on your own, you may, you know, when you get to the point where you're harvesting them, you may have a lot more than you can use. So how do you go about kind of, preserving them and and keeping them so you can get the most use out of it. Yeah, so there are several different um, really good and convenient ways to preserve herbs. Um, So kind of the uh, more traditional way is you can bundle them by their stems in really small bunches and hang them upside down in a really warm, dry place and just let them dry that way. So almost kind of like if you're drying flowers, right? Right, exactly. And you can also dry herbs in the microwave, which I think is really convenient. Uh, You put them between two paper towels and microwave them for one to three minutes or until the leaves kind of turn brittle and will fall off the stems easily. Okay. And then lastly, you can also freeze herbs. So you can either freeze them whole and flat in a Ziploc bag, a freezer bag, Or you can chop them up and freeze them in ice trays with um, water or with olive oil. Hmm. So how long would you typically store dried herbs? I mean, I would assume that these have a shelf life at some point before they're not as good, not as flavorful, or, I mean, would they go bad at some point? 
Yeah, so you can store dried herbs for about a year if they are ground or crushed. Okay. Um, the whole spice um, retains its flavor for about up to two years. Um, and a way to keep your herbs fresher longer is being sure to store them in a very cool and dry place away from sunlight. And you'll always want to pay attention to the date on the bottle if you've purchased um, dried herbs from the grocery store. Um, throw them away if the date has passed because they most likely have lost uh, most of their flavor that way. Got it. So when you're talking about kind of growing these, there are different varieties where they're more ornamental. And so you want to make sure that you're getting the right ones, right, David? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a side benefit of growing herbs is that they are, you know, ornamental in your yard. Mm -hmm. If you grow sage, for example, that's a perennial. It's going to grow, come back year after year. But this time of year, it's got some beautiful blue flowers. Mm. Um, when you're harvesting the herbs, it's best to harvest the leaves of sage before they start flowering. They, ha they have the maximum amount of flavor at that point. Okay. What, what is the typical harvest time? Does it vary from, from kind of spice to spice? Or? It absolutely does. Um, you know, something like sage and rosemary, like I said, you know, there, there's ideal times, but you can harvest those throughout the year because okay. they're perennial. Your cilantros and dills, as it heats up in the summer, they're going to bolt, which means they're going to send up a shoot of a flower and then at that point, the, the plant is going to go dormant and the leaves won't become as flavorful. And, um, you know, so your ideal is to, with cool season uh, herbs, is to select those early in the year. And if you, if you prune them, you can prune multiple harvests off of them. Are there any um, that would grow over the winter that, you know, you would, you could deal with in terms of like, as long as you're protecting them from like really hard frosts or freezes or anything like that? Well, I mean, your, your perennials like rosemary and sage and thyme okay. are going to last throughout the year. They're going to go dormant in the winter. Got it. Um, things like your basil and lemongrass is one I like to grow. Mm. Um, you're going to have to plant each year to, and, and harvest it, you know, when it's ready. I know my wife's a, uh, big into um, getting fresh bay leaves because she uses them for her spaghetti sauce. So that's, you know, we we found somebody when we lived out in, in Greenville, North Carolina, that had a huge bay leaf tree. And so, like, she would send us over, you know, a whole package of leaves. And my wife was in heaven. She's like, oh, this is the best. And it makes a huge, I mean, you would think something that small. I mean, she uses one or two leaves in, in a giant pot of spaghetti sauce. But yeah, it makes and, a difference. And something like that can save you a whole lot of money because you go to, the grocery store and buy a little jar of bay leaves and mm -hmm. it's like four or five dollars and yeah. you can get a bag off of a, a neighbor's tree oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's quite a, it's quite a savings and and yeah. any anything anymore you go to the grocery store and it's like you you pick up a handful of items and it's like i swear i'm paying double what i was paying six months ago so anywhere you can save money i think is a great thing right now i was just going to add because that is a common question that we talk about in our webinars is when you're purchasing, you know, especially dried products, do you need to buy like the more costly versions? And, you know, with extension, we say buy what works in your 
in your budget. Sure. And there's some great brands and, you know, options out there. And whether you're, you know, at some of the stores like Lidl and Aldi and Dollar Trees and Dollar Generals, sometimes that's a great option. Not everyone has location to, you know, some of the stores that you can buy herbs in bulk and just buy what you need. And many times, you know, especially in our area, we may not be surrounded by local culinary stores where you can go in and explore and smell some of these products and mm. get what you want. So it, there's a little bit of trial and error. So, you know, buy what what works for you in terms of your budget. You don't have to buy the most expensive options. There's a brand, Badia, I believe, B-A-D-I-A. It's one of the brands that has really expanded in the years at all of our local grocery markets in the Latino or the Hispanic section. They have a huge selection, and their prices are very affordable. And so, for example, you can get the small little plastic containers um, or bags of bay leaves and rosemary in smaller quantities. And I think that can be a really good option for folks who don't want to have to spend a fortune. And like you said, some of these items can be a little bit more costly when we get into the dried products. Today's episode is not at all brought to you by Badia Spices. Badia, the soul of cooking. Uh, no, that's and that's that's the sort of thing that I think is interesting to, to talk about because I think there's this assumption that like, oh, well, if I pay more, I'm going to get a better product. And that's just not always the case. Absolutely. So I want to kind of go around Robin here and, and get get a thought from each of you. What is your what is your go to homemade dish that you use a fresh herb in? What is, what is the one that you're thinking, okay, like, I can't make this unless I've got fresh herbs and I've got the, the right ingredients here? I will tell you, fresh roasted beets with rosemary and balsamic vinegar, that is my wow. go-to. That is... That sounds delicious. It is, and rosemary, but you know, it's funny because when we've done our cooking classes, like Cook Smart, Eat Smart, and Med Instead of Meds, either you love rosemary or you think you're eating a pine tree. Oh. Those are the common... <laughs> There's no in-between. There is no in-between. It's like cilantro. Cilantro is a divided group. Folks really love it, or that's why they don't like Mexican. It's very interesting, uh-huh. the flavor profiles. But that's my go-to, and rosemary is always at the top of my list. I feel like that's true of mayonnaise, too. Like, most people are, like, either, like, I've got to have mayonnaise on or in everything, or you come near me with that, and we're going to fight. <laughs> and definitely brands. A house divided yes. can be mayonnaise brands. That's true. Dukes or Hellman's. Yeah, I've, yes. I've seen those wars. Absolutely. David? We, we've been uh, playing with cooking Thai food at home Ooh. and we've got some Thai basil growing in the garden nice. and cilantro and throw both those in with some garlic and and that's wonderful and then I've also discovered the um, Vietnamese food pho or pho yeah yeah and they just throw in handfuls of different flavors uh, you know including basil and cilantro and mint and all kinds of different flavors nice yeah, Dandrea's, Dandrea's sitting over there in the corner. She's a big faux person, and I'm hearing the mmm coming out of the corner over there. <laughs> yeah, so um, my favorite herb is definitely dill. I, Ooh, would put, okay. I would put dill on anything if I could. But a particular uh, dish that I use dill in often is things like tuna salad. Okay. I feel like uh, it complements kind of the mustard and mayonnaise and 
pickly flavor really well. So awesome. So the, this is a really good episode if you're listening at about 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm hoping that you're getting hungry and getting inspired at this point. Um, anything else about kind of cultivating herbs, growing herbs, tips on how to upkeep, anything that I didn't ask about that we wanted to hit on because I, I don't want to leave anything out. The only other thing that comes to mind is that realize that some of your herbs are going to produce two crops, like your cilantro is the leaves are called cilantro, but then when they go to seed, the seeds are coriander. Oh. So two different flavors, um, but you can get two different spices out of one plant. Mm. Um, same with dill, you know, you use the chop up the, the plant and using things, but also you can let it, when it goes to seed later in the year, let it go to seed and harvest the seeds. You can use those as flavor as well. Okay. Nice, nice little two for one on a couple of those. That's good to know. Yeah, and we have some great resources, you know, on our website or, you know, you can contact us whether it's growing or if you're looking for additional recipes and being able to find that. We have many uh, websites, and that's what's great. For example, Med Instead of Meds, and when we're talking to folks, we really try to explore those flavors it's always fun, especially when we get to work with our extension master gardeners, because they bring a bounty of freshly grown herbs. And typically I get to divvy those up and send those home and people oh, get nice. to explore that. Um, but again, if you're trying to navigate that and trying to find some of those sources, contact your extension office. There's a lot of information and great places we can send you to. And the library also with Hoopla and our digital downloads, there's great mm -hmm. resources and books if you want to learn more and all about the varieties because with Extension, we're just really touching on the world of herbs and what you can do with them. And there's just so many varieties. So always able to learn something new. We talked a little bit at the beginning about like how some of these really help fit into some of the, the lifestyle and diet changes with med instead of meds. Um, what are some of the things that maybe you would use herbs for, for flavoring foods that you would then take out, you know, so to make the dish healthier? Yeah. So we were talking this morning. So for example, oatmeal, think of, you know, especially instant oatmeals and the variety that's out there mm -hmm. or even yogurt. So buying more plain options and then seasoning yourself or flavoring. So from ginger to cinnamon to other sweet options, you could sprinkle on oatmeal and yogurt for flavor, which would be a, a great option and being able to remove sugar. We were talking about fresh summer corn with, uh, you know, cumin and lime juice and mm. even cilantro instead of butter. We were talking today about all of the seasoning options with fresh green beans instead of fat back and even added sugar and salt. So again, those are fighting words when you're in the South. I, I tell you, no, <laughs> I absolutely. So, you know, that is part of the reason why we've really worked hard to try to, to provide those recipe ideas that are simple, easy, and in fact, we will be doing our in-person workshop with Med Instead of Meds at the Kaiser Senior Center starting on June. And that is offered at no cost to folks. And we're really excited because we get to go back to doing our food demos oh, and great. cooking. Yeah, so it'll be a great way for people to be able to explore some of these flavors and taste. And we'll reach out to our master gardeners and hopefully bring some of those herbs in. 
So, um, yeah, be, be sure to reach out to your extension office and find out what in-person classes we're beginning to do. Well, I, I would imagine that, like, just doing simple steps like that of, you know, doing some of the fresh herbs and, and seasonings and going for fewer things that have artificial flavorings and, and sweeteners and different things in them, like, that can make a significant difference when you're trying to eat healthier and, you know, do different things like get cholesterol levels or, or blood sugar levels kind of more under control. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to imparting flavor, anytime you work to remove or if you're trying to take out added fat and sodium and sugar, then you really have to be intentional about flavor sources to put back in, Mm -hmm. especially when you're thinking about the fact that, and we've talked, we've had this conversation that meals are enjoyment and they're not just to nourish us, you know, physically, they nourish our minds and the time together with our families and you know, the bounty of summer harvest is a wonderful time to really explore cooking with herbs. So that's that's a great opportunity right now. Excellent. Well, I want to thank all three of you for, for coming in. Uh, Linda Mingus, David Fogarty, and Laurel Davis with the Cooperative Extension here in Gaston County. Thanks so much for your time talking about uh, growing and cooking smart with herbs. And if you have any further questions, you want to get more information, as Linda's mentioned, um, hit up the Cooperative Extension's website, uh, check out their Facebook page. They've got tons of information there um, on a regular basis. Thank you Thanks so a much. Lot, Adam.